welcome to Writing Easy, the podcast about writing, making it a little easier. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Mary Mascari. And I'm your other host, Melissa Long. I just want to apologize to everyone right away. I'm on new medication that gives me dry mouth, so I'm trying really hard not to be gross sounding. So that's like the nastiest ASMR ever, so I'm going to try really hard. But if you hear me like talking really strangely, it's because I'm trying not to be disgusting. So sorry, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) We all know you're you're losing your dentures. You're just trying to keep them in. It's okay. Exactly. (laughs) My age, they keep falling out, kiddies. Uh, I am very, very old, so... Maybe that's the problem. Anyway, so we are continuing our series of Pixar's 22 Rules of Storytelling. uh, And we were originally thinking, oh, we'll do this over the summer. But since we can't math, we realized that it was going to take us a very, very long time to get through all 22. So now, especially since it is now not summer, it is fall, we are going to um, be starting to group them together. (laughs) So... uh, got to kind of knock things out at a time plus we're starting to get to some they're all brilliant but some are a little more podcast friendly than others so yeah and i think we've come we've kind of covered some of this a little bit so we don't want to do 20 minutes of something that we've already told our audience some things we need to repeat though true i know i need to hear things more than once (laughs) seven times yeah that's what they say right seven times good lord that's a lot of times uh so the next two episodes are, we kind of themed them, and we're talking about writing confidence. That's the, the theme of these two. We're doing number two and number eight on the cool. 22 rules. Two and eight. So note that down, everybody, for those of you <laughs> tracking at home on your scorecards. <laughs> two and eight. So two and eight. Do you want to read those, Melissa, since those were yours? Yeah. So number two is you got to keep in mind what's interesting to you as an audience, not what's fun to do as a writer. They can be different. So that's the first one we're doing. Um, And the second one is finish your story. Let go, even if it's not perfect. In an ideal world, you have both. But move on. Do better next time. Oh, boy, those last four words are everything, right? (laughs) Yeah. I feel like that's what my mom telling me, do better next time. (laughs) (laughs) Your mom is wise. I always tell my kids, mom is always right. Just don't question her. So the first one is about about what's entertaining for you as an audience versus a writer. What do you think that difference is for you? Yeah, so this is a big one. I, I actually like this one a lot because, especially with television, I think it's very easy for... Um, folks to get caught up in trying to impress other writers yeah, and not doing what's best for the show or the story or the audience. And so there's this big, often big clash in genre fiction uh, between what the fans want and what the writer or show creator wants. And this one just stood out to me as um, a reminder that your show or your book or whatever you're doing is only successful because you have a large amount of readers who are invested in the characters and the world and you need to continue to deliver. Um, You don't have to do everything, they say, but I think it's important to think about the experience you're creating for your audience versus trying to impress people with your writing skills. Coming from a performing background, this uh, resonated a lot too, because we would sometimes get into what we called actor baiting, which is when you were hamming it up because it was just so much fun to act that way. 
uh, but maybe not so entertaining for the audience. So sometimes you need to kind of step outside yourself and experience it as an audience member somehow to and you get a completely different perspective on it. But I also thought it was interesting that it's for you as an audience, not for everyone as an audience. You're the first audience. You have to please that audience first. Rather, You also have to please other audiences. But I think if you try to please the other audiences first, you're going to, it loses some heart. Yeah, I think that's true. I, I'm thinking about the books that I've gone back and read. I don't reread all of my books once they're published, mm -hmm. but I have read two and one I didn't like as much and one I just loved. Like I fell into the book. I read it really fast. I was like, man, I'm good. This is good. This is a good story. Um, and I think it was because of this, because in one book I was really writing based off of what I thought I should do and really trying to follow more of like a formula and more of yeah. like conventions of the genre. And the other one, I was really writing the story that I wanted to read. So when I go back and I read that book, I'm like, yes, like I love everything and I'm really excited about it and I enjoy the journey. And that was the one that was the most receptive to like my readers that they loved as well. It really shows like it, it shows in the the secret ingredient is love. Love. <laughs> Just like cookies or pasta sauce. So how do you get to get the audience perspective while you're writing? How do you keep that in mind? You know, be, to have your audience hat and your writer hat. I actually, so I don't, I don't get a lot of external feedback from anybody. Um, but what I do is I think about the experience um, and I think about the sort of seeds that I'm planting. So if I, you know, I'm, everybody knows I'm a, a plotter. So I know yeah. what's going to be happening at the end of the book and in the next book. Uh, and so I often will like plant seeds to like hint that there's a relationship coming or there's some surprise coming or some twist. And I think as you're writing, being aware of what promises you're making the audience, your reader at the beginning of a project or a book is really important because it's when you don't deliver on those promises yeah. that there's the disconnect. Um, so really in the first draft, I'm thinking about planting those seeds and following through. And then that's something that I look for continually with revisions. And then once I start getting beta readers to give me feedback, I'm looking to see like, did they work? Like, or did I over promise? And then they were still disappointed. And so I'm gauging their reactions, but you have to know what those seeds are in order to do that well. Yeah. I think you need to have some sort of uh, multiple personality disorder to be a writer in a way. Because you're a writer, but then you're also an editor, and you're also an audience member, and a million other things. So, and it shows, you know, it's, it's, it's such an important thing to remember that if you don't do it, it doesn't bake in right. That I, metaphor didn't work, but whatever. <laughs> eh, metaphors. Yeah, who needs them? So what's the second one? Ah, uh, finish your story. Finish your story. Oh. Let it go, or let go, even if it's not perfect, which that resonates with me. Um, in an ideal world, so you have both, uh, but even if you don't, you should move on and do better next time. That's number eight. Yeah, that's so important. That especially, like we said, do better next time. I always feel worried when I when I see people who are like, "Yes, I've been working on this manuscript for the last ten years." And I'm going to go back and revise it again and revise it again. And like, this is the one. And you're like, try something else. Just, you know, maybe you will publish it, but step away. 
get get with someplace else because you gotta you grow every time and if you keep playing in the same playground you're not going to grow i think the thing so where i get caught up is the finish finish your story right (laughs) finish it um because the endings are hard for me Uh, I think they're hard for a lot of people. And I think you also have this vision that like when I finish it, it's going to be perfect. And you know, you're going to have to go into that long revision and editing stage and that can become never ending. And it's really hard to let go. And you're always hoping that maybe this time you won't have to go through the long revisioning. Right. Right. Maybe this is the time (laughs) where I like Mozart, I am dictating from God and and no corrections, right? Maybe this will be the time. (laughs) This will be it. (laughs) It's going to be perfect. Um, yeah, so that that reminder to finish and that it doesn't have to be perfect to call it finished um, is a good one. We kind of alluded to this on one of the other podcasts where we talked about, you know, letting it go and and other people who are not writers saying it's got to be perfect. It's got to be perfect. Yeah. But you as a writer and when you talk to other writers, they're like, no, no, it does not. It does not need to be perfect. You will never feel like it's perfect. So learn to finish it up and let it go out into the world. It, that's important. Like it never will be perfect. You, the vision you have in your head is never going to match what you write down. If you can accept that, I think that'll help you. Now, that is not to say that you knock off any crap. You know, you have to to work on it and finish it until you've gotten the things right. And I guess it can be difficult to to find that line. You know, is there a guideline that people could follow to say, all right, I'm I've I'm wallowing in this story too much. No, I finished it. I don't know. There's no really hard and fast. Yeah, there's not because I think the revision process is what where people get caught up, right? Like there's a hard mm-hmm. and fast in that like I got to the end of the story and I wrote the end. So now like that draft is finished. But a lot of people don't know when to stop revising um, and rewriting and going, oh, I got this feedback from one person. Now I should rethink the entire thing. And it's like, no, no, you shouldn't. You should write another book. I know when it's time to stop because I start getting bored with it. And when I hate it, right, when I just, I just, I loathe everything about it, then I'm like, you know what? I'm probably about done or it's time to take a break from it. Yeah. But I can't say, oh, you get seven drafts and then it's done or six drafts and it's done or do a draft and of plot and then a draft of setting and a draft of, you know, whatever. Yeah, there's no hard and fast. But for me, I think I know I'm done when I just can't stand it anymore. How about you? Well, I think this is where writers who are publishing and either have a contract or have um, some kind of schedule are at an advantage, right? Because it's, yeah. it's done when you get that to that deadline. And once you pass that deadline, you are like losing money, whether it's like you've contracted with somebody to do the edits or your publisher is expecting something or your agent. And so that works for me very well. I'm still a procrastinator. I still go down to the wire or a little over sometimes. But it's also uh, like having a bigger plan and knowing like, okay, this book has to be turned in and I need to start on this other thing because I've got these other deadlines coming up Mm -hmm. helps me from not spiraling into that. Like, I'm just going to keep perfecting it and polishing it and making it pretty. Deadlines are a real blessing. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges for writers who are not yet published or who are not working to external deadlines because, you know, self-publishing, they do it through their own deadlines too. Because even if, like for me, I could set myself a deadline and be like, yep, this is my goal and I'm going to do it. And then I just absolutely don't. Like I write it down. I make a whole plan. This week I'll do this. This week I'll do this. And then three weeks later, I find that file where I wrote it all down. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm doing that. So that doesn't work for me. (laughs) Okay. So here's my tip 
for people who are self-publishing or indie publishing, spend money. <laughs> like money will keep you moving. So I had an editor that I loved and she was relatively affordable, but I had to book her in advance pretty ah. far um, out. And I also did pre-orders for Amazon. Um, and so those two deadlines meant that like certain things, it, it like locks you in. And so you don't have to go as far as like creating pre-orders for different distribution channels, but hiring somebody to do uh, edits, like that will keep you on schedule. Or you're like, oh, I just paid, you know, $500 for an editor and I missed the deadline and now you can't edit my stuff for three months. That's actually good. Yeah. If you can't do that, if you can't afford an editor or you're just not to that point, I think helping, uh, finding friends, you can hold each other accountable. Uh, that was one great thing about Seton Hill is that we had deadlines and we had, we were holding each other accountable and you had to get your stuff in because someone's waiting for it because they want to read it because they have to read it. So even if you have nothing, you know, you don't have, you're not hiring an editor, you're not, just maybe have a buddy. That's kind of like the last um, last resort is have someone hold you accountable. Be like, okay, on November 1st, you're getting this and come over to my house and hit me with a stick if I don't give it to you, you know, whatever they need to do. Maybe not hit with a stick. We could probably dispense with violence, but <laughs> metaphorical stick. So what have we learned today from these two great rules of storytelling when it comes to building your confidence? I think I think it can be summarized as don't be showy. <laughs> Pay attention to your audience and the story you're trying to tell and stop writing. <laughs> and stop writing. That's our message. Stop writing. Stop writing. <laughs> done Just, enough. You're done. Yeah, write for write to entertain yourself as an audience member not as a writer. Yeah, don't be showy. Work till you're done and then stop which those are kind of vague, but everything about writing is vague. And with time, it gets easier. Or, or when somebody else tells you to stop, that's a that's a real big sign. If somebody yeah, else tells deadline. you to stop writing, it's good. Listen to them. <laughs> but then don't listen to everybody, right? You have to know who you're listening. Oh, it's so it can be really tough. But if you take it one thing at a time, it, it works all right. Speaking of taking things one thing at a time, uh, I think we've taken these two at a time. And... Uh, covered these pretty well i think we're good yeah yeah 10 like points it. to hufflepuff double dose look at that all right well we're gonna wrap up by again actually i'm gonna, I'm gonna make us a, a more focused plea this time if you're listening to this and you that might mean that you're you know our moms but if you're listening to this please go on itunes and give us a review it doesn't have to be a long review but if you could just write a couple words we've actually got one great review out there from someone captain kirk it's delightful. I don't know if that's a pseudonym for someone I know, but whoever it is, thank you, Captain Kirk. That was really great. Yes, thank you. But yeah, just if you could take a minute, go into iTunes, give a quick review. It helps us immensely. Uh, hopefully a good one. That would be great. So uh, that's my only request to you about that. Do a favor for a friend. Write a, write a nice review. See, and then it's writing. You're practicing. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to wrap up. And as always, writing is hard. So take it easy. I'm Mary. And I'm Melissa. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>